everyone and welcome back to the Heat Chronicles. I'm Lauren and this month it's my episode. Another big thank you to Carla who's been working her magic to make sure all things run smoothly. I'm pleased to be able to share some more content with you this month. Um, as mentioned before, it's great when we can record together, but it has been just very busy for both of us. And this is the only way we found we could keep the schedule of recording. So we hope you enjoy. This week I'll be sharing my thoughts and perceptions on materials I've read for the episode. And to be clear, as always, I will not be reading the article on the podcast. I'll discuss impressions of the article and potentially quote some sections. So the article for this month is called Recommended Practices for Individual Supervision, Considerations for the Behavior Analytic Trainee by Casey Irwin Helvey, Elizabeth Thuman and Tom Carivu. So, a little bit about the authors. So, Dr. Um, Casey Irwin Helvey is a postdoctoral fellow and an BCBA supervisor in the Severe Behavior Program at Children's Specialized Hospital at the Rutgers University Center for Re Autism Research, Education and Services. She's a part-time lecturer in the, in the Rutgers Graduate School for of of Applied and Professional Psychology, and she's been regularly served as a guest reviewer on in behavior analytic journals, including the Journal of Applied Behavior Analysis, so that's JABA, Behavior Analysis in Practice, and Behavior Analysis Research in Practice. Um, her primary research and clinical interests include the assessment and treatment of severe behavior disorders, translational and applied research on the treatment, relapse, and supervision and training of staff. She's also conducted additional research in the areas of physical activity, interpersonal and group contingencies, and diversity in behavior analysis training programs. So quite a nice um, spectrum of things that she specializes in. And I got the information um, from the Rufter's education site. So I'll leave that link below on the blog or on the podcast um, information. So you can have a look if you want to read anything more about um, Dr. Casey Helvey. And then I couldn't find any information about Elizabeth Thuman. There was only like, um, in, uh, what do you call it, LinkedIn posts. And so not a lot of information. Um, Tom Carivu, he, um, he has degrees in special education. He's a master's and school psychology, um, a PhD in school psychology from the University of Oregon. And he's a BCBAD, so he's a doctoral um, board certified behavior analyst. He's a licensed psychologist in North Carolina, and some of his interests predominantly lie in interventions designed to promote meaningful outcomes for children diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder and other developmental disabilities, with a particular emphasis on the efficiency and durability of treatment outcomes. So also quite interesting um, selection there, and I got the information about him. I'll put the link because it's just too difficult to uh, explain. <laughs> so that's a little bit about the authors of the article. So who is it for? Who's the article pitched at? So I would say BCBAs or our board certified behavior analysts or BCBA doctoral, you know, the one step up, um, board certified assistant behavior analysts. So that's your BCABAs. Um, maybe people who are pursuing a master's in ABA or who are about to start supervision with a BCBA or current trainees slash supervisees. It's a bit of a debate on what that's supposed to be the term is. 
Um, in this article, they refer to um, people receiving supervision as trainees. So from here on out, I will talk about trainees. Under the supervision of a... So trainees or supervisees under the supervision of a BCBA, as it sets out, you know, as it sets out all the expectations of everybody. Um, so a summary of the contents. So just to be clear here, and I just mentioned this just previously, but a supervisor is the person who's providing supervision and a trainee is someone who's receiving supervision from a board certified behavior analyst. Um, and I thought I would go through a little bit. Um, the article is divided into five recommended practice guidelines. So I'm going to name them all here in, in a row, one to five. And then I'm going to discuss a little bit of information from each heading, which I thought was quite interesting or pertinent. Um, and again, you can go read the article. I will, the link will be available on the blog as well as um, within the um, blurb on the podcast. So you can read it if you'd like. Um, so here we go. So there's five guidelines. Guideline number one, recommended practice guideline number one, establish and maintain an effective supervisor-trainee relationship. Recommended practice guideline two, establish and maintain a plan for structured supervision content and competence evaluation. Recommended practice guideline three, provide feedback and evaluate the effects of supervision. Recommended practice guideline four, incorporate ethics and professional development into supervision. Guideline number five, recommended practice guideline five, continue the professional relationship post-certification. So now I'm going to have a, give her a little bit of a taster from each guideline, which I thought was quite interesting or I thought was relevant to mention. So recommended practice guideline one, establish and maintain an effective supervisor trainee relationship. So they had a section called before supervision contract. So what we do before, what's important before, and I'm going to give you a quote here because I think it's quite important to read the quote. So open quote, a critical consideration for supervisors entering into a new supervisory relationship is their current caseload as it relates to the ability to provide effective supervision. This would include an explicit discussion of a number of contacts that will occur during each supervisory period and the supervisor's ability to support the trainee. Likewise, the trainee should consider their current workload, past supervision experience and proficiency with relevant items in the task list for board certified behavior analysts when determining their ability to benefit from supervision. So I thought it was a quite a nice quote because it talks about the expectations of the trainee as well as the supervisor. And I think another bit with which they mentioned, which is under the before supervision contract, was that trainees should consider finding their supervisor's information on the BACB registry, basically to confirm that they meet the BACB supervision requirements and to determine whether any disciplinary actions have been raised against their supervisor. These are important things to know. Trainees should also do search disciplinary information by state um, obviously, this is usually in America, um, using BACB disciplinary actions webpage. So that wouldn't apply to Carla or ourselves, unfortunately, um, because we ours would, I, I don't know, maybe it would have some information in the UK, more on counties, I don't know. That's something to be looked at. And then it also mentions that trainees should download and review prior to beginning fieldwork experience, um, include the current version of the BACB's ethics code, hugely important, and the BCBA handbook, 
and the supervisor training curriculum. These are all available on the BACB website. So go and have a look for them. But I think it's really important because um, if you are unsure about anything, it's good to do research before you start deciding you want to start supervision. It's really important to be prepared because it is quite a lot all at once. Um, then there's a contract section, obviously. And obviously this must be signed before the trainee begins to accrue experience hours. Obvious, but important to mention. Recommended practice guideline two, establish and maintain a plan for structured supervision content and competence evaluation. So I like that it, it this article in general gives a lot of onus on what the trainee should be doing because previously, and they're not sure whether it's intentional or not, a lot of the description is what the supervisor should be doing and not what the trainee should be doing. So a lot of this is in um, the expectations of the trainee um, and what you should be getting out of supervision so that it's it doesn't because it previously it sounded like a passive sort of thing and now it's like no this is what you're responsible for so I like that the article gives responsibility and ownership to the trainees because I think it's important that those expectations are set so that you know what is expected of you later on so this this it mentions here the trainee should collaborate with their supervisor to develop a plan for covering aspects of the task list and other related content during their experience and also mention in preparation for supervision meetings that the trainee should prioritize topics to ensure that questions pertinent to their client's needs are addressed first and um, that's a quote by the way um additionally the trainee should consider preparing tentative answers to the questions so not just joining supervision to get information but to have come with prepared information or prepared questions and solutions which can be discussed because then you'll get more out of supervision as opposed to waiting for someone to tell you what to do i really like that because i think it's, it develops critical thinking and um, solution-based thinking okay recommended practice guideline three Provide feedback and evaluate the effects of supervision. So I think it's really important that feedback is given constructively and that the feedback that is being given is benefiting both parties. So effective supervision requires the trainee to continuously self-monitor um, their proficiency, their progress, and their responsiveness feedback. So it's not just about the supervisor, it's also about like, what is the trainee doing to make sure that they're getting the most out of supervision and using the feedback to benefit their practice? So I quite like that. Recommended practice guideline four, incorporate ethics and professional development into supervision. So the trainee should always prepare for discussions during supervision meetings before they occur. And in terms of ethics, you know, you can come up with your own ethical scenarios to discuss. Um, or you can include reviewing the current version of the BACB ethics code. So some of these things could be helping you start thinking critically because ethics is massive and it really needs the attention that it is. Um, it really requires the attention it's given. And it. I think that moving forward, ethics is something that we really need to be on top of and be really au fait with the ethics code and be practicing that daily through our practice. So recommended practice guideline five, continue with the professional relationship post-certification. 
I thought this was pretty self-explanatory um, in terms of, you know, keeping contact. But I have regular contact with my previous supervisor and other colleagues, which I feel is really beneficial for myself as a BCBA as well as a supervisor, because keeping up with the practice and um, with others in relevant fields, because I will talk to my previous supervisor and she'll be like, I've been on this conference or I read this article. So keeping ourselves informed, keeping the community strong um, makes us all better um, BCBAs, providers of ABA services, as well as supervisors. So did I enjoy the article? And can I give some examples of the things I like the most? Yes, I did enjoy the article. I found it really interesting and a must, must read for anyone who wants to progress within the field of ABA. As it highlights the expectations from both sides of the relationship and how fundamental your role is and what are you responsible for. The expectations are set and if you don't perform, you're not gonna you're not gonna do well in this. And people that generally get into this field want to do well with these kinds of things. So if you start off on the right foot, you're gonna be a stronger and better practitioner. And you're gonna be able to provide supervision to the next community or the next um, generation of VCBAs because you receive really good supervision. I think the part I felt was the most important and or valuable was the section before the contract, as I feel this is an area which people don't give much attention to and therefore should be carefully reviewed and considered, especially when beginning supervision as caseloads and availability of time is vital in making these types of decisions. We need to know what our time is availability is like, how free are we, how much brain space do we have, so that we can provide ethical, great practice to a budding supervisor or trainee. So where can you get it? So it's the, now I forget what it's called. Let me see if I can, it's the, the National Library of Medicine. So that's where you can find the National Library of Medicine and I'll, the link will be there so don't stress, you can find it. Um, and I put the other links for the information regarding the authors you can have a look at. I'm sure it's available in other places, but it's free on the um, on the National Library of Medicine. So that would probably be the best place to go. And we are now t working on turning our podcast episodes into blog posts. So we also put any relevant links on the website. So just go to www.abaisles.com. And thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed our episode of the Hoot Chronicles. The next Hoot Chronicles episode will be out on Monday, the 20th of March. Please rate, like, and subscribe. On Instagram, we are at ABA underscore owls. Um, we are chirping with ABA owls on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, yay, and Google Podcasts. Also on our by our website, if you'd like to um, listen via that. Um, also, we are on Facebook, we are ABA Owls, and you can also email us, please, if you have any questions or queries or anything you want to say, is aba.owls.uk at gmail.com. Thank you very much. Bye.